Are you looking for a tool that supports team building and role definition in a clinical team that's trying to work together on how they're going to work together? Yeah, me too. Welcome to Team Up, a podcast where we talk about team-based primary care in British Columbia. Early on in the life of the Innovation Support Unit, we were approached with this question from a newly funded urgent primary care center. And they asked, you know, we know that we're supposed to be working as a team and we don't know what that's going to look like or what that really means in practice. Do you have any resources for us? And we realized that there's lots of teamwork tools in general out there, but not so many that were specifically focused on clinical teams and on this idea of really defining roles. We designed team mapping as a tool to engage primary care clinical teams in really patient-centered discussions to build shared understandings of roles, expertise, and how a team really wants to work together. Team mapping encourages teams to think about a realistic future, so not just how things are done now, but what could be done differently that would improve coordination and quality of care and enhance the capacity of the team while also kind of improving team function. So... How does it work? It's a three-stage process. There's a preparation stage or prep stage. The mapping stage, which is the actual kind of active on-the-map work. And then a feedback stage or reporting. Now, we're going to do this a little bit differently, and we'll start by diving right into the mapping stage. Then, we're going to loop back to the prep stage, followed by the feedback stage. The prep stage and feedback stage will be of particular interest to people who are thinking about facilitating team mapping sessions. In the mapping stage, this is, of course, the most exciting stage. It's really where the team is brought together for a short, facilitated session and where people work together on how they want to work together, using personas to keep the conversation really patient-centered. Maps are built out in real time with participants adding roles and tasks to the circle of care for different patients as conversations are guided by the persona stories that are shared by the facilitator as you work through a mapping session. The mapping can happen virtually using a Miro template. I'll put the link in the show notes. Or this can be done in person on a big bullseye-shaped map with sticky notes. The maps capture the conversation. And there's lots of value in the maps, but really it's about the conversation that happens over the maps. Emphasis is placed on roles and tasks, but also I think what the maps do really well is highlight gaps, areas for further consideration, ideas to explore as they come up. Mapping sessions can be run as kind of team events in longer one and a half to two hour sessions uh, where multiple personas are mapped out. Or, you know, what we really see most often is that it's useful as a shorter kind of lunch hour focused discussion tool. It can be used really effectively to support onboarding of new team members, rapidly working through a particular kind of patient. Uh, Say you wanted to really look at how you were working with your diabetic patients in a practice or as a tool that can be used repeatedly over time by a team to support discussion focused on different kinds of team roles and coordination as you move along. So there's a lot of options for how team mapping can be delivered, and really, it can be adapted to suit your needs. In the prep stage, it's really focused on the logistics of the session, who's going to be invited to participate and what that's going to look like. For team mapping, we really define this question of team, who's going to be involved, as people who want to work together on how they're going to work together. 
And to be successful, you really want to make sure that you have representation from diverse roles within a team at a mapping session. So ideally, it would be great if the whole team could be there. But of course, uh, this might not be feasible. You really do want to make sure that you have representation from a diversity of roles, though. So medical office assistants, residents, primary care providers, nurses, any allied health who work in the team. You might also choose to invite allied health who work closely with the team or people who can represent roles that you're thinking of adding to the team. We've had great experiences where, you know, a team's thinking about adding a physiotherapist. They don't have one hired yet, but another physiotherapist was able to come into mapping to speak to scope of practice. And that can be really valuable. Some teams know they want to have a discussion focused on coordination with community organizations. And in those cases, it might make sense to have a community organization represented as well. Some clinics know they really want to include a patient voice. And that's a really great idea. One of the most important parts of the prep stage involves selecting personas or simulated patient cases to use in the mapping session. You want personas to be representative of the patient population and the areas of focus that the clinic has identified as important to cover. You also want the personas to engage the full team. So if you know, for example, that a social worker is going to be present, pick a persona that's going to provoke discussion around how social work might be engaged. And we've worked with communities across BC to develop an extensive persona library for team mapping. And this resource is fully searchable with personas that are designed to be adapted. The links to the full team mapping toolkit will be in the show notes. You know, we've really worked hard to bring an equity and diversity lens into the development of personas and as simulated patient cases, it's really important that when you're choosing and adapting personas, you work with key stakeholders from the clinic and the community to really ensure that personas align with the needs of the community and are representative. If Indigenous personas are going to be used in the mapping, it's really important that Indigenous community members review and engage in the persona adaptation process. Uh, You want to create a safe space where people can really have the discussions that they need to have in a team. We've recently added an optional team effectiveness survey to the preparation stage of the team mapping process. This quick 10-minute survey rapidly gathers some context from the team related to shared vision, communication, and team function. And what we love about this is the idea that you can kind of get an assessment of team effectiveness, do a team mapping, and maybe come back later and try that assessment again and see if there's any change. The final stage of team mapping is the feedback stage. And this can be formal. We have kind of a short template people can use to create an action-oriented report. Or this can be done really informally. Teams can prioritize ideas that come out of a mapping session and decide to action them on the spot. The key here is that team mapping is really designed to support rapid quality improvement focused efforts with the goal of improving team function by enhancing role clarity, and then building that shared understanding across the team about scopes of practice, but also areas of interest or expertise that you might not know about in different team members. And then this big question of you know how the team wants to coordinate care and work together. We're of course totally biased and we think the team mapping is a really great tool and we've really worked hard to build out the resources to support this. If you're interested in working on role clarity or how your team wants to work together, take a look at at team mapping and this wealth of resources. It's all open access. Feel free to take it and use it. And we'd love to hear from you about how this goes. Now, in BC, we're super lucky. We have an amazing resource in the practice support coaches and the team-based care coaches. 
These coaches have already received training in team mapping and have really integrated team mapping as a resource into the host of supports that they're able to provide teams. If you haven't already connected with your PSP coach or team-based care coach, I highly recommend that you do that. As always, we're happy to support and would love to hear from you. Email isu at familymed.ubc.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.